Call the meeting to order. Mr. Troublefield, will you please take the roll call? Mr. Castle? Mr. Collins? Here. Mr. Fritz? Dr. Hattier? Mr. Layfield? Here. Ms. Moses? Here. Mr. Peden? Here. Mrs. Pryor? Here. Dr. Statler? Here. Mrs. Wright? Here. Seven and three, we have a quorum. Is there a motion to move into executive session? Mm-hmm. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? We're in executive session. Thank you. I'd like to reconvene public session. With that, 3.02, to have a, uh, a motion to approve the agenda for December the 20th, 2021. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. And please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, Thank you. You may be seated. Student government, 3.04. There's been a lot of community service and volunteer work throughout the school, starting with our JROTC who attended the Wings and Wheels Air and Car Show in Georgetown which contributes to their 538 hours of community service to date. Uh, We had 16 students attend the Howard TNS Special Olympics bocce ball games in November, and these students helped assist and play with the NS students at this uh, Special Olympics event. More recently, we had 17 students attend the North Georgetown Elementary Family and Student Engagement Night, providing help to conduct the event for students and families. We had 13 students volunteer to help at the Girls on the Run 5K event at Dell Tech, which is a program that helps encourage young girls to lead active and positive lifestyles. And finally, our Giving Tree event at the school has been successfully completed, where donations have been made to provide for six Sussex Central families in need the holiday season. Um, we've had a couple important ceremonies at the school. On November 17th, the National Honor Society inducted 30 new students into the SCHS chapter. And two days later, we had the Hall of Fame ceremony at which six Sussex Central alumni were inducted. Last Wednesday, we had our band and choir concert with about 300 people in attendance. And our band was also part of four Christmas parades throughout the past month, winning first place at the Georgetown Parade. And in sports, uh, Braden Wright has broken the boys' swim team school record for the 200 IM and 100 brushstroke, breaking the previous record from 2006. Uh, Maddie McTeer from the girls' swim team has broken the school record also for the 200 IM and 100 brushstroke. This previous record was from 2003. And the boys' basketball team beat Sussex Tech, uh, both JV and varsity, um, which was a good match. Um, Also, these poinsettias at the front have been donated by the FFA, which um, at the end of this, anyone's willing to take if they would like. Um, That's it for me. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
I don't think that'll be the last record that uh, Braden Wright or Maddie McTeer break either. 3.05, approval of the regular meeting minutes from November the 26th, or excuse me, November the 29th. Is there a motion to approve? I make a motion. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Approval of executive session minutes from November the 29th. Okay. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Before we move into public session, I'd like to begin with a comment. We have several people signed up to speak tonight. And there will likely be some opposing viewpoints. We urge you to be respectful for each other's beliefs, even if they are not the same as your own, and to remember that everyone is entitled to their opinion. This is the foundation of our democracy. Any disrespect towards public speakers or board members will not be tolerated. The board will make every effort to accommodate everyone who has signed up to speak this evening. In addition, once pub public comment session has concluded, there will be no interaction between the audience members and the board. The board will take all opinions expressed during their public comment session under consideration when discussing the topics on our agenda this evening. Members of the public are also invited to submit written comments to Mrs. Jen Troublefield in the superintendent's office. We've had good luck with our meetings by extended public session and we expect nothing less this evening. So we would like to thank you and begin public comments. Dr. Owens? Yes, uh, first up is Molly Carter. Since March 2020, our children have taken the brunt of the mandates in this state for a virus that has minimal impact on them. At the end of May 2021, the CDC published a large-scale study about COVID transmission in schools. This study found that distancing, hybrid models, classroom barriers, and required masking of students did not have a statistically significant benefit. There were 90,000 children in the study. When questioned about the results, the CDC said that masking was necessary because children under 12 could not be vaccinated. That's no longer the case. Here in Delaware, Dr. Rattay keeps saying that masking is responsible for low cases in schools, but without a control group, she cannot state that it is the masks that are effective in this state. If we zoom out, we do have control groups of schools not using masks. We also have Dr. Bunting's retirement party we could use. Just look at DOE Facebook page. Indian River School District case counts are similar, if not higher, to Miami-Dade and Horry County in South Carolina, both of which don't require masks. With more time, I could provide you with a multitude of examples. Universal masking and required vaccination or testing by employees are the two mandates currently in place in K-12. In this district, through a FOIA request, I have found that as of December 1st, only 68% of employees were vaccinated. 32% of IR employees were not vaccinated. Why so much more pressure on the masking? Can leadership approach both the same? Can you imagine if 32% of his students weren't masking? Of the 32% of employees who were not vaccinated as of December 1st, approximately a third had not provided any proof of testing. We continue to put the bulk of mandates on children. In addition, we quarantine the healthy and withhold education, the great equalizer of our time. It sickens me to think how some of our struggling students can even catch up from missing so much instruction. Some students in this district have been hit by multiple quarantine because of being labeled a close contact. 
Schools follow DPH quarantine guidelines, yet in March 2021, during the Senate Bill 58 hearing, Dr. Rattay mentioned that all quarantine to this point has been voluntary, and it is DPH who provides all support someone in quarantine might need, such as transportation, housing, and grocery shopping. What about a school-aged child? Is DPH providing all educational supports that they might need? Are they tutoring for AP Calc? She went on to say the standard for court-ordered quarantine is quite high. The person must be proven by the state to pose a significant risk of transmitting the disease to others. Since most students deemed to be close contact have been negative while quarantined, I doubt that particular group will meet this standard. I thank this board for listening to parents and continuing to engage in dialogue, as that is not happening in all school districts. Solutions shouldn't have strings attached, such as the test to stay program. Solutions should follow the science and not the media hysteria we have seen for almost two years, and most recently with Omicron, a strain that is showing a 25 to 30-fold reduction in mortality in South Africa compared to previous waves, yet you wouldn't know that from the latest statement from the White House. I am worried about the educational time lost by our students, by their mental health issues, and by their lack of social interaction. We are hurting our children's education, especially our most struggling and underserved students, if we don't seconds. change how we approach this virus. Next up, Eric Hiller. I want to thank uh, everyone. Um, that's a hard act to follow. I'm not, I'm not here to do a long-winded speech about statistics. If you want statistics, I suggest you go to the CDC, which does, in fact, state that masks do work. You can read unending studies to that effect. Uh, I find it funny that we talk about students and protecting those, and what are we all here for? I believe uh, the speaker just before me, as well as probably every speaker ahead of me, is here for the students, just as the school board is here for. And what do we teach those students? To learn education, knowledge, and use that knowledge to the benefit of the public. This is what I ask of the board. Take the knowledge, not the fear, not anything beyond that. Look at the science. Look to our doctors. This is a medical condition going on. COVID has affected the world and the politics because that's what keeps on infringing into this idea, this idea that we need to protect the students. Every student needs to be protected, and not every student can receive a vaccine, even if they are eligible. I stand here before you to tell you that I have spent a quite bit of my life in a kid's chemo ward, and I can tell you those students, which you do have students in your school district, that are immune compromised, that have conditions. You have staff members that have the same. And I ask you, as well as I ask everybody in this community, the community should always protect its weakest members, not push them down, simply because you do not want to wear a mask. Before COVID, we never questioned when a dentist wore a mask or when a surgeon washed their hands. These are facts. These aren't politics. End it now with the political debate. Masks save lives. We want our children to stay in school and learn. This mask is allowing and affording that. So I ask you to continue the mask requirement and end the political fighting against science. That's all I have to say.
Maria Lopez. Good afternoon. Well, I come in with a big concern this afternoon. I have a daughter, she's 12 years old. She's at uh, Selbyville Middle School in seventh grade. On December the 16th, she was at lunchtime when one of the um, friends next to, uh, he asking her, what, are you coming to school tomorrow? She said, yes, I will be here tomorrow. Why? I will be not here tomorrow because tomorrow, I don't want to mention the name, but tomorrow this guy will be shooting the school. She was scared about it and they finished the lunch. They went, she went to her uh, next class. At the hallway, everybody was talking about the same. They mentioned name and everything. And that, I, on my side, like mother, and I'm sure for everybody, is very scary because call me old fashioned or whatever you want to call me, but my kids doesn't have a cell phone. I think at that age, it's very easy to somebody put a lot of garbage in their mind and they don't have a cell phone because I, I don't want that for my kids. And everybody was a, has a cell phone and I, that day, somebody told me it's a national shooting day the following day. And I don't have idea about it. But my point here is, she has name. They give a name for another kid, for her school should be shooting the school next day. And that is a scary, very scary. I don't, I, I know the schools can do so much. I get it, 100%. But at the same time, we need to be sure to send our kids to a school. I know this happens before. I know this happens before the, the school called the parents and, 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 and the parents say, no, my kid don't even have a gun, so don't have anything. But we know what happens and we know what could be happens. And that is very scary for me. My daughter don't even, she came back home very scared about it and she cried next morning because she was so scared to go back to school next day. She missing the school for that reason. And I don't think it's fair for anybody, for any kid, be afraid to go back to school next day. I don't think it's, it's okay. I don't think it's okay for the kids. I don't think it's okay for the parents to be scared to send the kids to the school. And we need to do something. We need to do something. Thank you. Ma'am, we don't, we don't interact at this time with the public session. However, this is a child safety issue. Every one of the schools in the Indian River School District has an armed constable 
or a police officer within them. Please, your uh, information tonight that your daughter shared with you, please make sure that gets to the principal of your school and or that uniform officer at the back of this room to follow up with. Typically, these are nationwide trends that occur, and I can tell you because of these nationwide trends that occur, everyone amps up their security. So when these things spread, one of the safest days to go to the school all year long is a day when these events are threatened publicly because there's a sense of urgency and law enforcement officers are doubled and tripled in these areas. But please take your information, take it to the principal of your school and or that uniform officer at the but back of the classroom. Really quickly only, she talked to the principal with anybody else did it. She was the only one, after she heard all this mess, she was the only one go to the principal and let the principal know what, what happens, okay? And I know this kid, he bullying another kid, and everybody, uh, a lot of kids has a message from this kid say, I will be fight this other kid because I don't like him. Thank you for relaying that information, and we'll make sure you go direct with the principal, and we'll follow up at a later time. Thank you for the Thank interaction. You. Apologize for breaking the customary rules here because it was a safety issue. I apologize if I uh, say this incorrectly, this last name. Ashley Elkois. Did I say that right? <laughs> Nobody says it right. Okay, sorry about that. I blame my mother-in-law for that. Um, last week, IRSD administrative staff was asked to share info regarding COVID vaccinations. I'd like to take this time to address concerns about the information released regarding these vaccinations, which is suggestive that obtaining the vaccine is the healthiest choice. I can see the direction this is going and feel obligated to speak up about my dismay. First and foremost, I do not believe it is within the school scope to speak on any medical decisions we make for our children. I appreciate the attempt to provide education to parents who may not have access to information or the capacity to understand and make an informed decision. However, I'm not one of those parents and based on my research, this information is far from adequate enough for anyone to make an informed decision. My biggest issue is that children who are fully vaccinated do not have to quarantine after exposure despite widespread, widespread evidence of breakthrough cases, which are grossly underreported. To quote the document that was sent, COVID vaccinations are your child's path to uninterrupted education. Vaccinated youth do not have to quarantine after being exposed to COVID-19, which means they can stay in school and you won't miss work. I hope that the school also recognizes infection-induced immunity as there are many studies that show it provides robust protection. As a parent whose child falls into this category, I am making the decision to not have him vaccinated as I feel that there is much more risk associated with the vaccination than there is with one, COVID infection, and two, COVID reinfection. The dangling carrot approach is, that is used to indicate that only children who are vaccinated will not have their education interrupted is despicable. I've remained fairly quiet for the past two years while I watched my child be robbed of an adequate education. I will do, do so no longer. Last board meeting, Mr. Layfield, and you can correct me if I misunderstood, 
you shared that 125 students at Sussex Central were quarantined within one week due to exposure, and not one of those students ended up having COVID, correct? My mother-in-law has four children, all of which have been quarantined on at least one occasion, and one of her children, who's already severely behind, has been quarantined on two occasions just before the month of December this year. She receives zero remote instruction. In the state of Delaware, 1,060 hours of instruction are required for grades K through 11, and 1,032 hours of instruction are required for 12th grade. Yet with quarantine, children are missing dozens of school days. How are they getting away with this? This isn't going to stop until we fight back, and I'm asking you to please advocate for our children and say enough is enough. Thank you for our time. Alicia Carroll. Good evening. I'm sorry to see that Dr. Hattie or Mr. Fritz aren't here because they're the only two that responded to the email that I had sent to the members of the board on Friday. But in that email, I did include links to two um, stories that showed how Cornell University and University of Pennsylvania, which have a 99% vaccination rate and mandatory masking, have surges of COVID cases. So you could look to those schools and clearly see that mandatory masking and mandatory vaccination isn't working. We can also look at four members of Congress who all just came out and are COVID positive, very happy to share with us that their, you know, their symptoms are mild because they're vaccinated and boosted and we know that they have to wear the mask in Congress. I'm not a scientist, I don't know many scientists, but I know how to follow data, I know how to read financials, I know how to follow the money, I know that every time the emergency is about to end, a new variant pops its ugly head, and then the goalpost gets moved, and here comes Omicron, which you don't even know you have because the symptoms are runny nose and body aches. So unless you're getting tested, you wouldn't even know you had it. Well, my middle schooler missed four days of school last week, and it wasn't because of COVID. It's because she had a stomach bug. She, you know, masked all day, breathing in her bacteria, had an upset stomach, kept her home Monday. She felt better, went to school Tuesday, got sick again Wednesday morning, kept her home. Thursday, I get a text at work, mommy, I have tightness in my chest. I'm still getting sick. So of course I run home. I take her to the BB walk-in. What's the first thing they want to do? Has she been exposed to COVID? No, not that I'm aware of. She's masked all day in school. Well, we need to test her. Fine, go ahead and test her. Rapid result was negative. Well, she's negative. We'll give her an EKG. We'll do a chest x-ray. But we still have to do a PCR test. I said, excuse me, you just tested her, she's negative. Why are you testing her again? Oh, the rapid tests have a really high false negative. I said, oh, okay, really? Because the PCRs have a really high false positive, which the CDC has just withdrew to use the PCR test. They can't use it past December 31st. So again, I know a lot of people feel comfortable with the mask on all day. I understand there's immune compromised children in our, in our school district, but we don't go through these levels of protection, flu season, any other flu season, any other time. You know, but our kids, again, 
suffering anxiety, suffering depression, suffering, you know, fatigue, headaches, soreness. So I ask, you know, th this district in 11 years, my kids have went to school here, have asked us to vote yes for referendums three times. And I did because I believe in the best education that we could give our kids. But now as a parent, we're asking you, the board, to vote yes with us for mandatory masking. Not mandatory, I'm sorry, optional masking. <laughs> Is there a motion to extend public session, or excuse me, public comment section beyond the 15 minutes? So moved. Is there a motion made? Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? We move forward with more public comment section. Andrea Caggiano. I'm Andrea Caggiano, Indian River High School. I'm just here to mention uh, the letter that I wrote to you guys and the Department of Justice, Susan Bunning, and our senators. Our senator sent this to the governor. It confirms this vaccinated positive student, vaccinated positive student, to whom tests were positive. The Aspire PCR test was negative. The three nights that these girls spent together, the unvaccinated child, regardless of test results, two negative tests, no school, no Zooming, 10 days. The vaccinated exposed child, straight to school, no symptoms. Retay, Carney, shots keep our kids extremely protected. Vaccines keep them in school, prevent quarantine in the event of exposure. I'm not sure why, but my letter explained this to you and to our senators. This pandemic of ignoring natural immunity, these negative tests, now separating these max exemption children. They're being shunned, sat 20 feet away. My real concern today as I stand here as we're reading about Red Clay School District and what they're proposing, I'm here also to tell you that Cape School District is now allowing females to leave school grounds to go to the bathroom. With this newfounded bathroom choice that they have not told parents about, after they have not even reconsidered this bathroom choice of transgender males, a judge has now found guilty the male transgender for raping the 15-year-old and sexually assaulting another in another school. Cape's decision, I hope I need to know where IR stands. I hope our decision is with the safety for both of these children. Our girls are being left out. I need confirmation of where you guys stand so I can make my daughter's safety decision. I also know that one does not represent all as well as I know one doctor does not re represent Dr. Bradley, okay? When my child is in, a, in is an extreme situation, a vulnerable situation, these parents are out crying. I'm gonna outcry as well. I need to know about this bathroom situation and the upcoming. I'm also here for the parents of LB. 
LB, we have talked in our community, this common core is absolutely unfair. My daughter went through it. The parents are still expressing concerns about this math being taught in second grade at LB. 15 seconds. The third and fourth, the fourth and fifth grade <clears throat> proficiencies are lower than normal. Our teachers are teaching this. Our problem is we're unable to help them. We don't know this math, so we're teaching them the old math to get them through. As you can note, the 800-page document that was written by the National Academy of Scientists, 1,500 signatures of faculty of top universities for hard science. They're deeply concerned of this math reform. It's disadvantaging our kids. I'd like to know the input from Lord Baltimore about why our kids are going through this math. Thank you. That's all we have signed up this evening. Is there anybody that needs to come speak? Hearing none. 5.01, school choice applications, 2021-22 school year. Mr. Lewis. Good evening, everyone. Um, your board docs tonight, you will see a total of eight school choice applications. These applications have been reviewed by the building principals, and uh, they are recommending to accept these school choice applications. <coughs> and they have also been reviewed by uh, the superintendent and the deputy superintendent. So again, total of eight school choice applications and asking to accept all eight of those. Is there a motion to accept? Okay. Motion so, made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? Mr. Lewis, these are all priority ones, correct? Yes, sir, mm -hmm. that is correct. All priority one. Thank you. Returning students. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 5.02, match protocol survey results. Yes, thank Our you, Mr. Mr. Layfield. Last month, uh, the board asked that we survey our families and our staff with regard to their opinions related to uh, the, sur the, the mask requirements. Uh, a brief overview of what we were able to accomplish. Emails were sent out to families and staff ahead of time, followed by a phone call that captured uh, the results of optional face covering, required face covering, or no preference. We did receive some feedback that the uh, survey did have limitations. In fact, when there is background noise with the phone call, at times it will continue, it will start over, restart. Thus, the phone call was sent a second time to those that were unable to respond and then a following third time for those that were unable to respond. Uh, in addition, we, on December 10th, we sent an email to families that did not participate the, the previous three attempts and in that, uh, to the phone survey, and that email contained a link to an online version of the survey, and we did uh, verify that these are indeed our parents and guardians who are, were able to respond the following time over the weekend if they weren't able to respond via the phone message. So, that said, we do have results here with us this evening. I have three tables that I'd like to share. The first one is results from uh, by student. So if a parent has multiple students, that parent's results were tabulated based on all the students that are assigned to that household for that primary guardian. Thus, if a parent has three kids, 
their response was tabulated three times and if there was multiple primary guardians listed in the home they also had that same uh, opportunity to respond to the survey so with that you can see 4089 individuals selected uh, face coverings should be optional and that is 49.53% and 3,839 responded face covering should continue to be required, 46.51 percent, and 327 responded uh, no preference, which is just under 4 percent. Table two, it's the same family's response. However, each parent was only given the opportunity, well, it was tabulated for uh, one vote per primary guardian that was contacted. So regardless of the number of students in our schools, you had one vote. We wanted to compare these results and through that 2,785 face coverings should be optional, 2,568 face coverings should continue, 50%, 46.1% respectively, and no preference was 216, which is 3.88%. So very similar percentages when we looked at the results in both ways, we wanted to share that. Staff survey, um, again, a similar process. Phone calls were provided to our staff and uh, on three occasions. Then we sent the link to individuals that did not uh, respond. So they had a weekend to reply to that. We had 1,415 responses, 781 uh, staff members responded. Optional for students and staff in IRSD schools, 55.19% face covering face covering should continue to be required 577 for 40.78% and 57 indicated no preference 4%. I'm happy to answer any board member questions with regard to the survey and I do want to thank um, members of our team Carissa Pepper I know Dave Mall and uh, Charlie Ruggiero all facilitated the mass process and, and helped uh, help get things organized for us. So I do appreciate all their efforts to um, organize the survey and tabulate results. And I also want to thank our, our staff and our parents that replied. Um, it was obvious that we want, there was uh, a need to get some information. And I do appreciate all those that participated in this process. It's nice to see uh, the responses from so many of our families and so many of our staff and we, we really do appreciate that and, and we hope to do uh, continue to do more surveys uh, in the future. Any discussion or questions from board members? I know we've all been provided these numbers through the weekend to look at and some discussion in executive session with some of these uh, grants. Is there any concerns or questions brought up for discussion this evening? Dr. Owens, how do you feel as far as the accuracy of these? I know you've explained it to me. I just want your, your view of the process that was done and how confident are you in these numbers that we have a good reflection of those that uh, are parents in the district and those of our staff. Do you feel accurately portrays or allowed input from the, uh, an appropriate amount of uh, our employees and students, parents? Speaking to staff, this is an overwhelming response when you when you look at 1,415. So that is is uh, is an excellent response rate in my opinion. Um, with the staff, when you look at the family results by guardian, 
5,569. Uh, of course, we'd like to have uh, a, a few more, but that is a, a large portion of our population. So I think that we uh, accurately captured uh, what we wanted to capture based on the results here today. Any questions or further discussion of this uh, survey from board members? Hearing none. 5.03, emergency mask regulation. Yes, I wanted to give the board an update. Um, many of you are aware, but Governor Carney, uh, the Delaware Department of Education and the Delaware Department of Health and Social Services formally issued regulations that will extend the emergency masking requirement in public and private K-12 schools until February 8th. So that is a continuation of the previous uh, extension, which was 120 days. This new extension is an additional 60 days. And I did want to bring that to the board's uh, attention. Now, uh, this will remain in effect, as I said, until February 8th. And at that point, the board would need to look at whether we continue with masking or whether it would become optional, barring any kind of continuation of any kind of emergency order at that point. And again, I'm happy to answer any board questions with regard to this new uh, uh, continuation of the regulation as well. The governor's emergency mandate continues for 60 days and it should conclude on February the 8th. Am I correct? Is that the date that we're looking at? That's correct. So the only thing we control as a board or decision that can be made would go into effect on February the 8th? Yes, barring any kind of extension, yes. make a motion that on February the 8th, the New River School District allows options to our students for wearing masks. The motion made, is there a second? Could we have a little discussion on that? Yes, sir. Um, before we make a motion and approve or decline that, I think we should follow the due process, the, the prudent process. We don't know what type of penalties that would be imposed on us. Um, doing some research, finding out that if we don't adhere to a mask mandate, let me see here, there could be lawsuits, fines, and even jail time. I asked an attorney, how likely is that? They said, probably very unlikely. And I said, well, what would be a likely circumstance? And they said we could lose our, very likely lose our sovereign immunity. If we lose our sovereign immunity, each one of us would be liable for any lawsuits. There's no protection for board members. If we approve a faulty playground equipment and a child gets injured, we could be liable for each lawsuit on the board. So what I would suggest is could we before we make a motion and approve it, find out what the consequences would be and maybe come back next board meeting knowing the consequences and making a more informed decision at that time. Sovereign immunity is what protects us from personal litigation. Basically, we're acting as a board in consensus. But if we violate, if we violate the mandate of the governor, between now and February the 8th, yes, 
our potential is there to lose our sovereign immunity. However, on February the 8th, is scheduled right now, is when the governor's mandate is to conclude. It expires at that time. So our, our actions, our, a motion is on the table to at that time allow for options. And the only way those options could lead us to losing our sovereign immunity would be in some way, shape, or form the governor or the state of Delaware is able to extend that mandate and we have given the option to students. We have time to correct or amend at that time, but I agree with you. There is a consequence to violating the governor's mandate. It is a regulation, but there is no regulation governing February the 9th after the governor's order expires, in my view. At this time, he hasn't put anything in place, but we don't know what will happen between now and February the 8th. Correct. Or on February the 8th. He may extend it 60 more days. And I'm just asking to find out what the consequences would be, and we have time until February to make the decision. Further discussion? So I think Mr. Peden, um, it, it would be very prudent for us to probably explore this with our attorney. Um, I know you said you spoke to a, a attorney, but... And, and full disclosure, the attorney that I spoke to is a client of mine that practices in the state of Pennsylvania. So Delaware law is different, and that's why I, w I would like to... <coughs> follow through with the prudent process and find out what the consequences would be in the state of Delaware. Further discussion? By our next meeting, we should know whether what the governor's intentions are. Our next meeting is in January, January the 24th. 24th. Any further discussion? Do you want to make a decision at that time, Rodney? Right now there's a motion made. Without a second, we will not go forward, but we're still in the discussion phase. So. Any further discussion? Is there a second to the motion? No second to the motion doesn't go forward with a vote. Anything further from the... 5.03 emergency mask regulation discussion or action hearing none 5.04 2021-2022 organizational chart yes as per uh, policy annually we share the organizational chart so that is shared in your board docs this evening um, and I'm happy to answer any questions I, again this would require action per our board policy to approve the organizational chart for the 21-22 school year The motion to approve the chart as presented. There's a motion made. Is there a second to approve the organizational chart? Second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 5.05, Sussex Central High School baseball uniforms. Yes, thank you. Within your board docs, you do have uh, examples of baseball uniforms that were proposed at the recent finance committee meeting. Um, 
both gold and black. The black, I believe, is what we uh, is in question because we do have policy around the color schematics that we must use for our uniforms. We do have a provision within our policy. This is policy IGDJ that would allow new uniforms and warm-up apparel purchased by the district booster groups, parents, or individuals must adhere to the following guidelines and must be worn when players take to the field or court. However, uh, the policy goes on to read, any deviation from the adopted colors must be approved by the Board of Education prior to the purchase. So I do know uh, Dr. Layfield is here, and I believe I saw our baseball coaches. I'm sure they'd be happy to answer any questions. We have considered uh, alternative colors in the past. I believe we uh, some wrestling singlets a couple years ago were gray and white camouflage, and I believe Indian River uh, is in the process of purchasing black basketball uniforms, and those were approved by the board. So we bring them before you for discussion this evening. And Tammy, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe these are purchased through athletic funds. Thank you. Why are we going with black instead of blue? Mr. Layfield, thank you. The regular uniforms you see there, the gold ones, will be the ones that are worn um, throughout the season. The black uniform, my understanding from Coach Long, would be maybe two, three times a year for special events, particularly like a senior night. I know last month the board approved for a, uh, a showcase in, in, in Myrtle Beach where uh, us and several other Delaware schools are attending with schools uh, from the East Coast. So no more than two to three times a year. Very similar as Dr. Owen said that uh, the digital camouflage wrestling singlet, singlets that were approved were for like veterans appreciation so and uh, one or two tournaments. So out of a 16, 18 game season, you're only gonna see these a couple of times a year. But the normal uniform is what you see when you scroll up the, uh, the gold uniform. I am but one board member, but I, I love what Oregon does in college with different uniforms. I think it gives some motivation and intrigues the students, and, and, and I think it's just awesome to try different uniforms, but I understand the traditions of the school, and I've sat on this board with many different uh, people that were very traditional, not allowing, uh, even very difficult to get neutral colors. And I think we're starting to break that mold a little bit as a board, and the breaking that mold put limitations on these digital camouflage or I think black basketball uniforms to only be worn on special occasions two or three different times, such as, as you said, the away tournament. And I think if we follow with the parity that we have with other uniforms that uh, you may get more of a consensus with the board. So I, I, I love the different colors, but I know for uh, reasons to get six votes this evening, I think we stay in line with what we've done in the past. So I like for other board members to weigh in, but I, I, I like seeing the different style uniforms. I know the uh, students really enjoy wearing those. And uh, I think if we can find special dates or special occasions and limit it with some parity to the wrestling singlets and the Indian River basketball uniforms, we might be able to accomplish this this evening. We do have policy with sticking with school colors. However, we did approve black uniforms for Indian River basketball. I can't see why we can approve for one team and not another. For, so for consistency, I would be in favor of the black uniforms. 
prior to approving it for basketball, it was turned down for Indian River soccer, softball, and baseball. Um, and I am one of those people that Indian River's green and gold and Central's blue and gold. And, and I mean, I, I voted against the, the black for the basketball. I understand the special occasions. I understand the digital camo because that, that is something certainly special. Um, that, that's just me. I, if you're going to, the wrestling singlets, or I'm sorry, the uh, Indian River band, the black capes, we, we refused. We didn't allow that either. Um, if you're going to use, I know the basketball was, they said two or three for, for special events. Um, but that, I believe, was a third jersey. Okay, we're, we're going to have two jerseys. You're going to have a gold and you're going to have a black. It's not like you're going to be, you're not going we, to. We currently have blue ones as well that were purchased, I think, last year or the year before by our boosters, which will still be in use. So this would be a third It jersey. would be a third. Mm -hmm. We're getting there. Any further discussion? Is there a motion to move forward with the two sets of uniforms that are in front of us tonight, the gold and the black? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Aye. Mrs. Troublefield, can you please hold the board? Mr. Collins? <coughs> no. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Ms. Moses? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Five yes and two no and zero abstention. I apologize, Ms. Troublefield. I counted one no and six oh. yeses. Okay. Double check I, that. I thought Dr. Statler, what did she say? I said yes. Oh, you yes. said yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's six. Six yes and one no and zero abstention. Passes by majority vote. Thank you, Ms. Strobefield. Mm -hmm. 5.06, Town of Millsbury Recycled Water Proposal, Sussex Central High School. Yes, if um, Mr. Booth could assist us, we do have in your board docs a large document, 32 pages, involving the proposed reclaimed water plan uh, for our district from the Town of Millsboro. Uh, they did present at the most recent committee meeting, and they have presented in past committee meetings. So, um, Mr. Booth, floor is yours. Yes, members of the board, uh, the town of Millsboro has been at uh, two committee meetings uh, to discuss agreements with the district to use the new Sussex Central athletic fields, et cetera, as well as the property at Ingram Pond. Uh, they currently use spray irrigation at Millsboro Middle and have done so for about 10 years. We have a legal contract currently being reviewed by the district's legal team. The decision we need to move forward is for the board to consider using either or both properties. Our recommendation is to approve the design for Sussex Central High School and use use of the reclaimed water at both Sussex Central High School and Ingram Pond pending approval of both contracts. Now this would allow us to move forward on our major cap project and help with the town of Millsboro with their planning and grant writing. I'll be glad to answer, try to answer any questions. Mr. Booth, this is similar in nature to, nature to what we're already doing at Millsboro Middle, am I correct? Yes, sir. 
we had any concerns, hiccups, or issues since we uh, went into this agreement with the town of Millsboro. I know it's been under my board tenure, but I'm not sure how long we've done it at Millsboro Middle. Um, in my, my experience as buildings and grounds, the only thing that I know of is that we've had some heads that we've had to replace, et cetera, but um, I, I don't know of any major issues. Any questions or concerns for the board? Um, Mr. Layfield, uh, this is a new plant that uh, Millsboro is putting together and uh, they will be going for any grants and uh, they would actually need the district's assistance in applying for those grants to help pay for these projects. Um, but with the, with the um, pending design of the new school, um, in order to move forward and to have these in place um, and keep us on schedule, we need to know if the board's interested in doing the design. And then what we would ask uh, for is approval in that regard, and then approval once the contracts have been reviewed and returned back to the district so we can take a look at what our legal counsel has to say. And this grant and funding is everything is a partnership with the town of Millsburg. That's correct. correct. Is there a motion to move forward? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Mr. Good. Booth, I just want to clarify so that we that is to go into a partnership, not full approval of moving forward, to partner with the town as they uh, work to get grants um, and we'll we'll facilitate that process. But you will be coming back to us with a proposed contract that when we can review through our legal team, correct? That is correct. Thank you. Thanks, sir. 5.07, Southern Delaware School of the Arts, Chesapeake Utilities, easement agreement. Mr. Booth? Um, members of the board, uh, this is uh, Ch Chesapeake Utilities request. At the Buildings and Grounds meeting, it was presented that Chesapeake Utilities would like to use an easement through SDSA property to provide natural gas to a development on Poly Branch Road. Um, as you can see in the board docs, the construction would be underground with the exception of some required markings above ground. That's state required, I believe, for the natural gas. The agreement has been reviewed by the district's uh, legal counsel and an agreement between the parties have been reached with the consideration of $5,000. Um, being aided to that agreement. A motion to approve and authorize Dr. Owens to sign the agreement uh, is recommended. I'm not sure if I can answer any questions. You should have a diagram of where the pipe will run on the back side of the property. Any and questions about this uh, easement? And I believe Chief Collins is familiar with this request. I don't have it, but I just know that this is a blank permanent easement agreement in there, and in the words compensation on there, it says zero, and we had talked about making sure that gets changed to $5,000 from the buildings and grain meeting the other night. Yes, that'll be included in this agreement before it's signed. And also, there was one other issue that our attorney had an issue with the above ground, anything above ground, uh, Ms. Wright, but yeah, uh, that issue was that there is a law that requires that. Right. Yes. Okay, is there a motion to move forward with this easement agreement based upon the dollar amount? That, and please uh, include the $5,000 fee, please. 
Is there a motion? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 5.08, Indian River High School sound system. Yes, recently, uh, actually it's been uh, at least a month or so, Indian River High School exterior sound system on their stadium uh, malfunctioned and they needed to uh, put a temporary fix in and I believe they went for, through several games, soccer, football, etc., with a temporary system. So they're asking the district to support an upgrade to that system and it's my understanding that that is the system that was that malfunctioned is the original system from uh, when the school was built. Ms. Smith? The school has received a quote from uh, Mid-South Audio for $14,870.87 to replace the system. The, they are awaiting a quote from a second vendor um, who is in the process of getting that. So we're looking for board approval to make the purchase with the best price when we have the second quote. So you're saying you want a motion for it to be whichever is less? Mm -hmm. Would it be prudent to I wait mean, until we have both bids? Because do we know for sure that it's going to be the same thing that is listed here? without comparing it. Mr. Williams, thank you. The second quote is through Actors Attic, which I think uh, Mr. Booth had recommended and Mr. Ruggiero. I talked to, I've talked to him several times. I don't know that we're actually gonna get a quote. Uh, we've been trying since October and he was the only other vendor in the area so we're still waiting. I have called several times. Um, I know we've worked with him before. He's done some work, I believe, actually in here in our auditorium, but we have been unsuccessful. His priority, what he does, is more stage lighting and theaters. So I think this is sort of a back burner item for him. So we're still waiting. But I, I don't know that we'll get the quote anytime soon. We use Mid-South. Both high schools use Mid-South. We have a good relationship with them and um, you know they were responsive. They'd give us loaner equipment to use. Uh, we had to, homecoming, we had to use our loaner equipment and things like that. So they've been very supportive and that's, they're the only two vendors that I'm aware of. I don't know if anybody else. So it appears to me that you've done your due diligence in having that gentleman, and it can be a point of record put in there that you have tried to get your second um, bid yeah. and they've not been responsive to you. With that being said, I would make a motion that we go with MSA in the quote that they provided. I'll second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? Mr. Booth, Mr. Williams, we've had good luck with MSA previously, correct? They're, they're I can tell you that both companies, when they came out, the, they diagnosed the exact same issues. I mean, the speakers are blown on the scoreboard, and the amplifiers and the rack and the uh, press box are blown as well. So, I mean, they, the diagnosis was the same. It's just obviously getting a price on the equipment. Um, but, you know, we've used both of them, but I would be satisfied with moving forward with Mid-South, only because the equipment, again, has to be ordered and we're going to be starting our spring season in March and I know it's I mean that's going to be here sooner rather than later 
Thank you, Mr. Williams. There's a motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you. Yes, sir. Okay, 5.09, Lord Baltimore Elementary Bridge Request. Yes, we discussed this uh, at length during our recent committee meeting, and unfortunately, uh, Dr. Hattier isn't able to join us this evening, but he did have uh, some interaction with uh, the local community, including uh, our law enforcement and, and, and some of the officials there with the town who are working to raise funding for this bridge that's been in the works for several years, I believe. Um, Mr. Booth, can you give us an update? Sure. Um, at the buildings, buildings and Grounds meeting, it was a proposal by the town of Ocean View to build a bridge and access to Lake Village Circle as an option for emergency situations uh, that was presented. Uh, this project has been in, in the works for years, and uh, Principal Webb and myself met with the town of Ocean View to discuss this. Um, with the approvals of the Army Corps engineers, the tactics managers, the residents of Lake Village, um, then one of the main benefits to the district is a quicker emergency route to a community building in case of emergency evacuation of 650 students, I believe. Also would provide for a relief exit if both entrances were shut down uh, by the school and the school could not uh, get out, parents pick up their kids, et cetera. Uh, the town is pursuing grants and would request board approval for construction and possible monetary uh, donation to offset some of the costs. It is recommended, um, it is being recommended tonight for approval um, with a possibly a $10,000 contribution consideration. And the location uh, would be gated um, with the school and the police department having the keys. Are there any questions that me and possibly Mrs. Webb can answer? This is pedestrian bridge, correct? Pardon? Pedestrian bridge. Actually, bridge. actually, what they're looking at is to be able to drive across that bridge. In emergency situations or constant drive? Emergency bridges? situations. Okay. And excuse me, let me turn around. Am I correct, Ms. Webb? They're going to drive across that bridge. Correct. So they're going to drive across the bridge. Originally, when we were discussing it, it was just to be a pedestrian bridge. But, but because of the regulations have changed since the start of uh, negotiating this, um, they, they moved up to make it a little wider and a little more uh, with a little more support that will allow um, somebody to drive across and have a weight limit. Mr. Booth, it was my understanding at the committee meetings that they are. Uh, looking for a form of contribution on the part of the district to support this, but we did not um, determine what that contribution would be until they have uh, gone through their grant process. Is that correct? You are correct, uh, correct Dr. Owens. Uh, they may not need a contribution at all, and uh, the only reason why I put forth the $10,000 tonight is, is that what the discussion that I had with Dr. Hattier. So it's a, it's a board's preference. It could be zero, could be five, could be 10. 
Are you asking us to make that decision tonight for the dollar amount? They, they would like to get an answer for the bridge uh, tonight, and um, I, I'm going to have to turn. I believe we, we should get an answer on we the dollar to amount. Not to exceed it. And then they would have to worry about it. I know that with the grants, everything's running to the end of December. So if we were trying, I think they're going to do it whether or not we can make a contribution and anything that we could offer them, they would greatly appreciate. But I don't know that we were told to give them a dollar amount after tonight, just that we would consider something on behalf of the district. So we can make a motion to say we would support it not to exceed the $10,000 or $5,000 or whatever and then absolutely it, what we give won't have a bearing on whether they complete it or not they're going to do it anyway and they could possibly have all the funds and not need anything that was our understanding that's correct did i make a motion that we um, proceed with it with a dollar figure not to exceed ten thousand dollars there's a motion made is there a second, second. So, motion made and seconded any further discussion all those in favor say aye aye, aye. those opposed passes by unanimous vote Thank you. Five ten. Howard Tiana's change orders. Yes. Again, during buildings and grounds, we discussed uh, some change orders that have come about at Howard Tiana's. I believe uh, three total, Mr. Booth, uh, but an additional one is actually a give back. Um, yes, it's it is a change order okay. and it is a give back. I can go through that. I, Please. And clear up any uh, miscommunication here. Uh, in your board docs or the change order amounts for numbers, change order numbers two, three, and four. The first one is change order number two. It is a deducted amount back to the district for $40,812. And that's for credit from R.Y. Johnson for the insurance purchase. Uh, the number three change order is uh, the addition of a steel plate for ladder stability, and that is in the amount of 5,332, and that would would go to the structural steel contractor, who is a subcontractor, Orby Johnson, Mid-Atlantic. The last um, one is number four, and it is for a lentil at the dishwashing room entry and it costs $2,886, and that will be paid to the masonry contractor, uh, who is Wilson Masonry. Uh, the board approved in a procedure that requires change orders uh, in these amounts that must be presented as a notification to the board, and the board must take uh, formal action for audit purposes. Uh, a motion to accept the notifications of change orders to three and four would be recommended. There a motion? So moved. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Change right. order passes by unanimous vote, sir. And just to clear up one other item, uh, if I will, uh, later in the agenda there will be an allowance uh, notification that I believe uh, Dr. Owens will make in his report. 
Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. We've got two action items here that we're going to table. I need a motion to table 511 and 512. So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Okay. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor of tabling these two items to the next meeting, say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Uh, 513, bus driver slash bus aid pay scale. Pass, Mrs. Bunting. Thank you. We discussed a proposed, um, a new proposed transportation scale for bus drivers and bus monitors, and we're asking the board to take action on that this evening. See this in the attachment in your packet. Motion to approve is presented. Motion to approve. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 514, retired paraprofessional substitute teacher pay. Um, as you will recall, the board voted to approve. Uh, substitute pay for retired teachers of $200 a day for long-term subs. We're asking the board to approve an amount of $150 a day for retired paraprofessionals who act as long-term substitutes for teachers. We do have those in the district and they work every day, so we're asking the board to approve an amount of $150 a day. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. So moved. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you. 515, tax relief request. There's one tax relief request. Is there a motion to allow the tax relief request as presented? Hearing none, your silence speaks volumes. Old business, 5.01, major capital planning? Yes, the new Sussex Central design plans are approximately 15 or excuse me, 50 percent complete and are being shared with the construction management team, R.Y. Johnson, for evaluation and cost estimates. We are in the process of site selection and approval from, the Sussex, from Sussex County for the existing and new modular units that are needed to accommodate current and future student capacity at Sussex Central High School. As you know, we have current modulars on site that will need to be moved uh, to the other side of the building to make room for uh, upcoming construction. Discussions continue with regard to water and fire protection and the best way to proceed with those two items. This will be discussed with Buildings and Grounds Committee and presented to the entire board for potential action. We are currently in progress uh, of balancing of the active construction site and ongoing school operations. Uh, this involves parking and bus lot usage to minimize school interference during construction phases. So as we um, are aware from across the street with our construction with Howard TNS, uh, there is a lot of space that is needed for um, the trailers and the equipment, uh, et cetera. So because we are going to be coming off of the B wing here, we are now looking at where that setup site can be. So we are appreciative of our architects and our um, design team for looking at alternatives that will uh, lessen the impact of daily operations here at Sussex Central. 
And that completes my report for 6.01. Any questions or further discussion with major capital planning? Hearing none, 6.02, Howard Tiana, sir. <clears throat> Thank you. The bus lot has been curbed and is usable for the existing laydown area. Interior block walls are 95% complete. Exterior metal and glass are being worked on the hoops to be able to enclose the school in January. This will allow drywall and interior contractors the opportunity to complete their work. As acted on last month was the purchase of the furniture for the schools through the state contract. We hope to proceed with the same path with regard to the playground equipment. The second bid package is proposed to go out in February. Uh, obtaining insulation for roof completion from a supplier in Texas has been challenging. We hope to get two shipments around the first of the year and allow the contractor to catch up and maintain the existing timeline. Uh, that said, the substantial completion date remains August 30th. Lastly, as Mr. Booth alluded to, three change orders uh, were accepted by the board this evening. Uh, there was one approved for unforeseen allowances for backfill and road comp compaction for 49,000. That was approved by the architects and geotech firm. Um, and Mr. Booth, I don't have it here in my notes, but is there another allowance that we need to provide an update on? No, it, no, we just had the one allowance for $49,291.15, and that's for the road and uh, for the backfill. So as, uh, as discussed during buildings and grounds, that 49291 is part of our existing allowance system, and that would be subtracted from what we currently have in place. And I believe that is in board docs within your, uh, the minutes from the committee meeting from earlier this month. Correct. And that'll leave uh, an unforeseen allowance of $189,475.91. And that concludes my report for 6.02, Howard Tietis. Any questions? 6.03, W. Carver consent update, ma'am. Good evening. Um, the first update is really just a carryover from last month. Work continues on the community survey with the Equity Steering Committee and the Community Advisory Board. Um, we're hoping to have a draft sometime around the end of January to present to the board. Um, the district is also continuing to meet with the court-appointed special master, Dr. Linda Wren, on a bi-weekly basis to continue to update with the former Carver students programming. Those are my only updates tonight. Any questions? Thank you all. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, we'll try this. 7.01, committee reports, building and grounds. Yes, thank you. And, and Mr. Booth will assist me with this. We did uh, cover most of these points under our new business items, as you will see and, and read there in our notes. Uh, Mr. Booth, is there any elements of the, the minutes here that you'd like to cover, given Ms., uh, Dr. Hattier's absence? I'll, I'll go over it very quickly. Uh, relocation of baseball and softball fields was discussed. Uh, which would be uh, placed on the northern part of the property, presented a plan for that. Uh, the milder units, um, we had already talked about uh, the, the uh, Heritianus construction report. We did, the notifications were given, the change orders were approved. Um, Sussex Central, we did the, um, the, the reports there, the 
early bid, um, uh, we were we were looking, still looking at doing the site uh, site work early, uh, possibly starting uh, this summer. Um, however, the theater lights uh, and sound um, will not be approved by the Division of Facilities Management. Therefore, we might not be able to do that work. Uh, the artesian water we mentioned in uh, old business, uh, the natural gas conversion uh, at Indian River High School has been completed. One boiler's done. We're waiting for a part to get the other border boiler complete. Uh, the buildings and grounds uh, provided, uh, Steve DiGirolamo provided uh, uh, explanation of buildings and grounds support center, uh, the CARES Act. There was no substantial change. Millsboro, we just considered the school security grant. Um, we're waiting on just a few small, small parts and, and pieces to complete the Indian River uh, project. Um, Uh, the Georgetown pickup shelters were tabled to next month. Uh, we had pool, pool discussion, which was tabled tonight. Uh, Chesapeake Utilities at SDSA, we took care of tonight. Uh, there, there was uh, consideration uh, for the modular units, um, and I believe that will be discussed uh, next month's committee meeting uh, and the Lord Baltimore Bridge that we discuss, and our next meeting is planned for January 10th, 2022. Are there any questions, buildings and grounds? All right, thank you. Thank you. 7.02, comprehensive school safety. No report from Mr. Cathal. 7.03, finance. Items that are that were discussed at the finance committee that are not on tonight's agenda include there was an increase in the cost of the Indian River High School UTV that was approved last <coughs> month. Um, the cost increased by $1,500 because the quote expired by the time board approval was received. Um, so I made notification to the committee about that. We were going to discuss the shelter for student pickup at Georgetown Elementary, but that was tabled to a future meeting. Mr. Fritz and I will work together um, to schedule a meeting in February for the Student Activities Fund um, for the organizations to present their needs um, and move forward to board vote for the use of those funds. And um, we also had brief discussion about um, providing planning period coverage pay for teachers. However, it will be revisited at a future finance committee meeting. Any questions? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. 7.04, curriculum. Dr. Statler? Uh, we did not meet in December, so we will resume in January. Thank you. Thank you. 7.05, DSBA Board of Directors. Mrs. Wright? We don't have a meeting until sometime in January. Thank you. 7.06, DSBA Legislative. And I think that's the same thing. He, there's just like a week after hours. And okay. I'm, Sounds good. 7.07, .07, Special Education Task Force, Dr. Stadler. Uh, no report. We meet again in February. Thank you. Thank you. 7.08, <coughs> Policy. Chief? Yes, sir. We did meet back on December 13th. Uh, six policies under review. We do have two of those coming forward tonight for first readings. EEAB, bus 
transportation scheduling times. That's a brand new policy. Uh, you'll see it is, is very short. Um, and JO, student cumulative records. Um, it has some two bullet points, which are uh, additions due to legal requirements. But those are both for first readings, if you would take a look and uh, address any comments or concerns to us. We'll bring it up at the next policy meeting. Any concerns with those readings? Doesn't need action, just needs a review. No action is needed tonight. No, any questions for Chief 7.08? Thanks, Chief. 7.09, IREA representative. Mr. Manuel. Good evening, sir. Uh, good evening. Uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank uh, Mrs. Pryor, uh, Mr. Fritz, and Dr. Hattier for taking time out of their busy schedules to and attending the board meet and greet the other night. Um, it's always good for the board members to have the opportunity to meet and interact with people who are not only their employees but also part of the community. So hopefully um, we'll give you guys a second chance that didn't, weren't able to make it. All right, on March 11th, we are going to have our um, sixth annual scholarship fundraiser. This fundraiser directly benefits the students in the Indian River School District. Um, we hope everyone can participate either by donating or attending, hopefully both. Um, each year we've been able to give back several thousand dollars to our students in the Indian River District um, who are entering the field of education. So we're hoping to continue this um, with, our with the community assistance. Dr. Owens, if I quizzed you on the date, would you know it? March 11th, good man. Just making sure everyone's paying attention. If All I right. quiz you on the location, would you provide it? I will. Indian River Senior Center. Thank you. Millsboro from four to seven. That being said, we'll move on. Um, we, we want to thank the district and the board for recognizing the extreme workload that the employees are under right now. Um, the 12 month employees will definitely appreciate December 23rd. Um, we also, uh, the teachers and paras will definitely appreciate um, January 28th and April 1st. Um, rather than having to participate in these PD sessions, uh, they definitely need time to uh, catch up on the work. It's a step in the right direction for sure. Um, also good to hear that you approved the para subs and the um, uh, retired teacher subs. We're in desperate need of people. We all know that. Um, I know that we've had at least 69 employees leave already this year. And that being said, it, you know, um, IREA met with the district uh, last week on behalf of the teachers, custodians, paras, and secretaries. Um, we were able to come to one um, agreement in that, and that it's, everybody has put forth a lot of extra effort the past two years. Um, everybody has been overworked and Everyone's doing it for the district and for the kids. Um, that being said, we, we are disappointed though that after two days, it was decided that mediation through the PERB was necessary. We've worked through a lot of tough situations with this district in the past, and hopefully we can work through this prior to that mediation date. Please remember that everything that your staff has gone through 
and continues to go through for this district. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, sir. Superintendent's report, 8.01. Yes, thank you. In your uh, board docs, you have an outline of activities over the course of this month. Any questions? Hearing none, financial reports. 9.01, financial summaries entering for the month of November 30th. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Ma'am? Part one, um, the financial summaries reports are as of November 30th. We were 42% of the way through the fiscal year. We've received 75% of total budgeted revenue, 89% of budgeted discretionary revenue, and 97% of budgeted local tax revenue. We've received $0 in interest in November as the interest rate continues to be 0%. We have spent 29% of total budgeted expenses and 46% of budgeted discretionary expenses. The ILC programs have spent 26% of their budgeted expenses and Howard TNS has spent 40% of budgeted expenses. Is there a motion to approve the detailed information of the month ending November 30th? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Ma'am? As of November 30th, the student activity fund balance was approximately $689,000. Our SRF 1 funding is fully spent and being reconciled. SRF 2 funding, we've spent $10 million um, and have 3.1 million remaining. And SRF 3 funding, we have spent 5.6 million and have 24 million remaining. We have $36 million in federal funds available and are holding approximately 1.1 million in donations and internal accounts. Major cap? Major cap, we paid out 2.9 million in November. Is there a motion to accept major cap ending November 30th? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Ma'am, 9.04, major capital improvements ending on the month of November 30th. Is it minor cap? Minor Sorry cap, yes. Misreading here. Um, we have spent approximately $2.6 million um, in the available funds. We did receive our FY22 allocations in November, so we now have a balance remaining of 1.9 million. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made, is there a second? Second. Motion made and second, any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 9.05, student activity funds. Yes, we received a request um, from the robotics clubs for approximately $500 out of the student activities funds. Um, with not having that equipment up and running over the past year, year and a half, they found that they have had some batteries die. They were able to revive some of them, um, but these are all batteries that are donated by NASA. Um, NASA donates a lot of the equipment to us. So the funds that they request out of the student activities funds are generally registration for the competition. Um, so they've come with a request for about $500 to purchase 
new batteries um, so they can get back into the swing. When the student activity fund was created, I think it was created just for these type of issues. So is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Moving on to the 10.01 personnel agenda. Is there a motion to accept uh, personnel agenda for December 20th, 2021? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Personnel agenda passed by unanimous vote. 10.02, personnel addendum for December the 20th. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 10.03, contractual agenda for December the 20th, 2021. Is there a motion to accept? So moved. Motion made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 11.01, uh, student number 2231. Motion to accept the hearing officer's recommendation. There's a motion made to accept the hearing officer's recommendations. Is there a second? Aye. Motion made and second. Any further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? Passes by unanimous vote. 12.01, back to public comments. Is there any further public comments to come in front of the board this evening? Seeing and hearing no action. Save the gavel. Um, I don't have prior permission to speak. Is it okay if I speak tonight? Yes, ma'am. You have three minutes just like everyone else. Please Thank you very introduce much. Yourself. We don't have you signed up up here. Appreciate it. Um, I had a lot of COVID stories that I was going to share with you guys. Um, I live in Frankfurt. My daughter went to school in IR. And um, when the pandemic first hit, I became a caregiver again. It was a way to earn a little bit of extra money. So here's, instead of giving you all my pandemic stories about the small town in Frankfurt and the people that we've lost, this is what I want to share. The kids that go here might not be at high risk for getting COVID, but their grandparents are. The reason why most of the people who have been vaccinated are senior citizens is because they are the ones that are most at risk. When you go see your parents, or if you're fortunate enough, your grandparents, when these kids go see them, grandma, and if you're lucky enough to still have them, grandpa, is not gonna ask if they've masked up at school. They're not gonna ask if they've been vaccinated. They're gonna say, come on down, give grandma a hug. This is a very vulnerable time for our senior citizens. I've, I've lost former pastors, friends. I've lost people that used to joke about masking up. One, one 
somebody I went to church with asked if I would watch her father for a while, just a little interim job, and I thought about it, but none of the other caregivers were masking up. So I thought about it. She, she said she understood. I said, boy, this is a deal breaker for me. I'd have to mask up. She said, that's fine. I thought about it, and I thought, well, it'll put the other seniors at risk. Maybe I shouldn't do it. You know, in three weeks, she had COVID. Her husband had COVID, and he was in the hospital, and her father was dead. I've got a lot of stories like that. Young people who have gotten COVID, sure, they weren't at risk. Maybe they were vaccinated. Maybe they had mild flu symptoms, but their small businesses shut down at a time when they thought that they would make the most money in sales. So this is, this is more than just the kids here. And if you look at the stats, USA Facts, that all of our government departments, including the Department of Education, it's in the past month, our average for new cases was like a month ago, it was like 33. It's now like 163. So if you're considering not masking, maybe this isn't the time. Seconds. Look at Maryland. They're going to Zoom. Is mask so bad? Let's keep the kids in school. Let's keep the grandparents safe. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, ma'am. Could I get your name, please? Elizabeth Walter. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak public comment this evening? Hearing none, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Meeting adjourned.